What's up, everybody? Welcome back to OTR. And what's that? Overtoasted ravioli. That's right, this is our bad cooking podcast. You didn't know? Oh, wait. Did I do the wrong research? Wait. You may have. No. No. This one's about music. I know it is. Oh, I'm just fucking with you guys. It's off the record. You guys already knew. This is episode three, actually. It's been spaced out a little bit, so it's hard to tell. Not pretty soon, though, like we said before. It's going to ramp up real soon. <laughs> I hope we can handle it. Yeah, well, I've been listening. I've already listed ahead because, you know what? Before we even start this, I'm going to go ahead and point out snow sucks. Like, I'm over it. I'm so over snow. I'm so over the Sub-Zero temperatures. I love Sub-Zero as a character in Mortal Kombat. You know what? He can Boo. kiss my balls. And Jack Frost, I would kick him right in the nuts right now if I could see him. Or Punxsutawney Phil, slap him upside his damn head. You know? I'm over this. We haven't had water for a while now, too. I mean, I'm not complaining. People have it worse. You know? At least we don't live in Texas. I feel bad Be for nice. those people. I feel bad for those people. But once again, at least we don't live in Texas. So. <laughs> but, um, so it has been. It's been a, a, a challenging week. It hasn't been a bad week. It's been okay. I mean, I'm burning my vacation time, yay. But uh, at least I'm getting to stay around the house for a little bit. And I've caught up on the music. I've listened way ahead, everyone. But looks like you actually have the first album this week. So, I already know how you've been. You don't live that far from me. <laughs> the weather's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a you know, balmy... Actually, it's 20-something degrees here today, so we're having you know, some nice warm weather here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a heat wave today. I almost saw... Like, I pretty much saw the road today. I did see a patch of our road. Only a patch, but... You know, it's something. Yeah. It's the most I've seen for days. Oh, yeah. And now, guess what? It's not. A, it's it's snowing like a motherfucker right now outside. And they say we're going to get about four more inches of snow. So, Jack Frost can take his four inches of whiteness and put it back in his pants. But like I said, you have the first album. I'm wondering, I didn't listen to any of your albums. I should have. I had time. But I chose to listen ahead. <laughs> Too busy being an overachiever. <laughs> Too busy trying to move forward instead of living in the now. Story of my life. <laughs> well, I have to say, the music this week was one of the high points of the week, honestly. And the first album I have this week, Don Nix in God We Trust, is part of that. Now... I have to be honest, I actually listened ahead, too, for this week. So, while I say it was the high point of this week, I guess actually it was like the high point of last week. Yeah, I think last week off the record, or last off the record, wasn't filled with exact hits, I would say. <laughs> right, but but anyway, it, at least it was a little bit of a high point at you know, some point in my life. That said... This album was a little bit, not terrible, but a little more complicated to get. It's not on Spotify. I really prefer when my albums are on Spotify because it just makes it so much easier. 
This one wasn't. Third world problems. It is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is available as a full album on YouTube, though. Um, the tracks aren't separated into separate videos, but the titles were listed in the video caption, so at least it was something. I couldn't easily skip ahead, but, you know, it could be worse. I really wasn't sure what to expect from this album because I am not familiar with Don Nix. I had never heard of him before, so I didn't know anything. I didn't know what kind of music this would be. It turns out it was kind of spiritual, but in a soft rock, almost bluesy sort of way, which makes sense. According to Wikipedia, he was a southern rock soul blues artist. His brother even worked for Stax as an engineer. And actually, in a way, Don Nix worked for Stax as well. He got his start as a saxophone player for the Marquis, which was the house band at Stax. And after he left the band, the Marquis evolved into Booker T and the MGs. So, he was pretty well known in the industry. Just not my listeners, maybe. But he was a producer. In addition to this album, he worked with a lot of other really big names, like Leon Russell, John Mayall, Eric Clapton, George Harrison. He worked on the famous concert for Bangladesh. So, he does have some cred. Some of his songs have been performed by really big artists, too. Like, even Led Zeppelin covered one of his songs, Going Down. I don't think I know that song, but I'm going to try to find it and listen to it, because it was a Don Nix song that Led Zeppelin and a bunch of other artists covered. This album was pretty good. It wasn't huge. And a lot of it is spiritual, which isn't typically my thing. But I like the style of music. So it had a cover of I'll Fly Away on it that was really good. He did a good job on that one. That's a song that pretty much everybody knows, at least around here. And his is probably one of my favorite versions. It's really easy to do a bad job on that song, and most people probably do. But his is not bad. There's another song, and I'm honestly not sure how to pronounce the title. It's I-U-K-A, so I'm going to call it Iuka. That one was really bluesy. Really catchy. (laughs) Street Fighter ahead of its time. (laughs) It was really bluesy, though, and it was really good. And another one that I really liked that I'll point out was Amos Burke. And like I said, I really liked it, but what struck me most was the opening to it, because it was really similar to another song. It was very similar to the song Hard to Handle, if you know that song. Black Crows. Well, yeah, they did a cover of it. (laughs) I know. That's the most well-known, though. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, it was really similar to that. I didn't see where anybody else got credit for it. But then again, I didn't... Come on, you wanted to do it. I did. I wanted to do it when I was listening to Amos Burke, too. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's why I really like that song. And, you know, honestly, I didn't look up the song Hard to Handle, so I guess I don't really know who wrote it. I just kind of assumed it was Otis Redding. But I didn't see him listed for Amos Burke, but it was strikingly similar. So, I don't know what happened there. I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm just going to say that Amos Burke was really catchy, and I really enjoyed it, especially for that opening. But it was a pretty good album overall. You know, it's not like the best thing that we've listened to you know, ever, but it was good. Like I said, it's not my typical thing, because it is mostly gospel, or at least gospel-adjacent, but it sounded good. So, for me, I'm going to call it a hit. You just weren't quite ready to be touched by the Holy Spirit this week. That's what it was when you were listening. You weren't that... in God We Trust. <laughs> Being touched by the Holy Spirit sounds dirty somehow. I know. He wants to let, he wants, you got to let him in. Sounds like a vampire, almost. Kind of creepy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not judging it. Just saying, it just sounds kind of creepy. You sound creepy. I am creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad you had a hit because the first album I get to talk about, (laughs) Peek Behind the Curtain, it's not a hit. But you know, that doesn't mean it's shit. So. This is Things We Like by Jack Bruce. I wasn't familiar with Jack Bruce, or at least I didn't think I was until I did a little research. He's actually a member of Cream before he went solo. Before, you know, after Cream broke up, he obviously went solo. So, but this is nothing like Cream, which is what I went, because I looked up him before I listened to this album. So I didn't know this was going to be like instrumental jazz almost like freeform jazz i am not a big fan of instrumental freeform jazz it's just not my thing i sometimes feel like it's atonal and i think the instruments fight against one another and that's not why i don't take comfort or pleasure in that when i'm listening to music it's not why i'm listening to music i think it it almost brings my anxiety out it kind of pisses me off a little bit, you know. It just annoys me. I don't want to listen to it. But th- this isn't quite like that. So don't don't get me wrong. This isn't like that. It is, but it is instrumental jazz. And like I said, it's it's Jack Bruce. I thought it was cool. He's playing double bass. So I, I thought that was really interesting. You can really hear it throughout. And I'm a fan of the double bass. I, I play a little little bit of the bass guitar. But not double bass. I always thought that was cool. The big stand-up thing. Just a fan. Personal. So for personal reasons, I like that. But your personnel is Jack Bruce on, like I said, double bass. And he was your session leader. Uh, Dick Hextall-Smith is uh, soprano sax and tenor sax. You have John McLaughlin on guitar. But that's only like tracks three through eight. There's not really much guitar on the first couple at all. I don't think there's any. So it's it's like a traditional, more traditional jazz. And then finally, uh, John Heisman is on drums. But there's not really much I can say about it. Like I said, I, I'm almost judging it unfairly. 
because I'm not a fan of this type of music. I think I like Jack Bruce more with Cream or if he would have done something more of that vein. But he can do both, and he showed that with this album. So just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean I'm going to call it shit or anything like that because it's not. Um, honestly, this is one of the better jazz albums that I've listened to since we started this. And like I said, I'm not going to point out any track. No tracks really particularly stood out other than I liked the first couple songs. I did like Over the Cliff and Statues. The first two songs, like I said, they didn't have guitar. They were more traditional jazz. And it um, it didn't drone on a lot. But some of this album does suffer from that. So really, this isn't shit. But I am going to call it Sit. It's it's Sit. If you're a fan of like the jazz, the freeform jazz and stuff like that, I still recommend you check it out. But I know you won't like it, Amy. I already know that. So I wouldn't recommend it to you. So, you know, for someone that likes... <laughs> for someone that doesn't a like... A-tonal jazz, noise. Yeah, you're not really going to like it. It doesn't have the annoyingly screechy sax sometimes. and Like that, he doesn't... Like the saxophonist doesn't do that in this album. I've got one coming up here soon. It's like that, but... Not soon, as in this episode. <laughs> so, but, yeah, like I said, th- this is just going to be a sit. It's it's not bad, and so I still recommend you check it out if you're a fan of jazz. And if you're a Jack Bruce fan, maybe just for the curiosity factor, to hear what else he can do. Because he, he can do this type of music well. It's just not the type of music that I like. But I'm going to turn it over to you for the next album, because I'm interested how... This one's going to turn out to. <laughs> well, we both were. That's what happens when you have an album called Jerry Butler Sings Assorted Sounds with the aid of Assorted Friends, which is my next album. And it didn't bode well. <laughs> it was not on Spotify. It liked on Nix. It was also not on YouTube as a complete album. I had to piece this one together from individual song videos on YouTube. You know, I looked up the track list on Discogs and went from that. That's never a good sign. It, it, I know. it almost sounds like a Muppets album or something, though. He sings a sort <laughs> it of, a so, or a kid's album. He sings assorted sounds with his friends. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of... the first letter in the alphabet. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does remind me of the title of like a kid's album or... Maybe you know, a Frank Zappa really weird type of thing. It's not that. You know, I'll just go ahead and tell you that. But I did have to piece it together, so that is a little bit of a knock against it. But I, you know, it's not really Jerry Beller's fault. It's just not there. And there were a couple of songs that weren't available, like, at all. Strong enough to take it, I could not find. <laughs> Sounds dirty and anyway. You may not want to listen to that. Prison song. And what? Sorry. Are you no. done? <laughs> never. The music never stops. Never do I. Anyway, <laughs> Why Are You Leaving Me was also not available. And I also wanted to mention um, Special Memory and How Does It Feel 
Those are two of the other tracks, and they were combined into one video. I could find How Does It Feel as just itself, but I couldn't find Special Memory without the other one. And the reason for that is Special Memory was a single, How Does It Feel was the B-side. So the only videos that I could find had both of those together, which is fine. And since I mentioned that, Why Are You Leaving Me? One of the tracks that I couldn't find at all was also a B-side. So it is kind of weird that it wasn't available at all, but it wasn't. Um, and the A-side of that one, If It's Real What I Feel, actually charted at number 69. Number 8 on the R&B charts. It was the highest charting off the album. So, I don't know. It just feels like Why Are You Leaving Me should be somewhere. It should be available. But it wasn't. But, having said all of that, despite all of the effort I had to go to to compile this album to listen to it, I was excited about it. Because from the brief amount of research that I did before I listened, I knew that Jerry Butler was a soul singer. He was the lead singer of The Impressions, um, with Curtis Mayfield. He was also a Cook County, Illinois commissioner, apparently, for 32 years, from 1985 to 2018, which is kind of weird, Interesting. but... <laughs> yeah. Not related to the music at all, but I thought it was interesting enough to mention. So we know the music career didn't work out for him? It didn't, but it really should have, because you know, the impressions were pretty popular. Obviously, Curtis Mayfield was. Oh, and did I mention he co-wrote I've Been Loving You Too Long with Otis Redding? Which is a fantastic song. Only if you like good music. Mm. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he did have several successful songs, both as a solo artist and with the Impressions. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Impressions. He's hosted PBS music specials. He was the chair of the Rhythm and Blues Foundation at one time. So, again, this is a guy that has some cred. And his music career ended about 1985 when he started, you know, his political career. So, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to go into politics. It's kind of weird, but whatever. So I was kind of excited to listen to this because I do like that kind of music. You know, I really like soul and R&B. And I wasn't disappointed. The album was pretty good. I will say nothing really stood out in particular about it, but the whole thing was enjoyable. It just sounds like soul and R&B music. And I have to throw this out there because this will interest you. Three of the tracks were arranged by Donny Hathaway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Donny Hathaway's excellent. Yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that would interest you. Oh yeah. Yeah, all of the song all of the songs were pretty good though. I'm not entirely sure which ones he arranged. It may have been included on the Discogs track list, but I didn't put it in my notes, so I don't remember. Probably the really good ones. <laughs> well, they were all pretty good. None of them particularly stood out as being extra good. Um you know, there wasn't anything that I got super excited about. I will throw that out. But because, like I said, none of them particularly stood out as especially good. But they were all pretty good. So, 
again, I am going to rate this one a hit again. And one last thing before I turn it back over to you, I did want to mention there's a note on Discogs that says Brenda Lee is a guest artist on this, but I'm pretty sure that is uh, maybe not a mistake, but a little bit of an error. Pretty sure it's supposed to be Brenda Lee Eager. You know, not just Brenda Lee, as in rocking around the Christmas tree, Brenda Lee. Maybe. Because Brenda Lee, e- <laughs> Brenda Lee Eager duetted with him on If It's Real What I Feel. So I'm pretty sure that's who it's referencing, not the Brenda Lee that we know. They just left off the last name. We could only hope and dream that it's not, that it is the rocking around the Christmas tree, because that's interesting. <laughs> now, the, ne- the next album that I get to talk about is an artist that you've already encountered and you weren't really that impressed. Nothing stood out from what I remember. And that's Tony Joe White. Maybe I had the album, but I think you listened to a little bit or something. I can't remember. But I know you didn't like it. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. That was in 1970, though. That was last year. Now, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I know he's not really inventive with his album titles first album was tony joe this album is tony joe white (laughs) you know i was like well maybe you know we'll see but honestly though don't judge a book by its cover this is really good um there's three singles it's they caught the devil and put him in jail uh the daddy (laughs) which sounds funny and (laughs) i just walked away and all the album has that vibe (laughs) <laughs> like the daddy it, it's it, it kind of is country-esque but not really it's country swamp rock blue-eyed soul pop mesh is what i'm gonna call it so if that makes any sense when you combine all that's a little bit of you everything combine <laughs> all those together you make a badass album it, it's the epitome of cool i don't like i didn't expect it going into it um, there's not a lot about it on on uh, Wikipedia or online, really. I didn't find a whole lot. It was recorded in, in Memphis at Ardent Recording Studio. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm a big fan of that Memphis sound. And the personnel, I'm not going to go into a, like part of it. But obviously, Tony Joe White is on guitar and harmonica and vocals. Uh, Robert McGuffey is on bass. Sammy Creason on drums, and I was familiar with his name. I don't know. I guess he's a session drummer, but it sounded real familiar to me. He played with Chris Christopherson and Bob Dylan, so I think that's how I know his name. And then finally, Mike Utley, which is funny. Interestingly enough, he pro- he's a producer for Jimmy Buffett's Coral Reefer Band. <laughs> I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett fan, but I thought that was pretty funny. And I'm not going to go into who all these people are, but the Memphis Horns are featured on this album. And the Memphis Horns are, they're, they're famous because they're, they're associated with Stax Records. They've been called like the greatest soul horn section ever, from what I can tell, like at all the research. And it shows this album is really cool. I it's it's one of those gems. I'm glad I listened to it. I've listened to it a couple times now. Um, all those singles are good. I didn't really find a song that was just particularly bad. 
on this, if I were to st- if we had, were given stars, if this wasn't off the record, this might be a four and a half. It's really good. It's not like it's not what I expected. It it kind of has a cool. He looks like a young Elvis a little bit. He almost looks like it would be Elvis's cousin. Tony Joe White does on the the cover of the the album. You know he's cl- more, more clean shaven. I think he might have chops, but they're not big chops. You know a little bit of sideburn, but I can't tell really about that. But he looks a little bit like Elvis, so. Not as not as beautiful, obviously, but if you can't tell, I'm gushing over it or whatever. But yeah, this is definitely a hit. This is the best album that I had this week, and probably the best album that you would have had this week too. <laughs> I don't know, but I think you would like this. So yeah, I highly recommend Tony Joe White. I, this might be his best album. I don't know. I'm excited to to listen to you know to hear what else he has in store after this. So. But yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you for your next album and last of the week for you. Well, I know that you have been really looking forward to hearing my review of this one. <laughs> I already know. Because my last album of the week is by Paul Siebel. And you reviewed his previous album, his debut album last year, Wood Smoke and yeah, Oranges. Oh, you hated it. Like it's disappointed me so bad. Wood smoke and oranges sounds like country, but I'm fine with country. It was so terrible, guys. It was one of the worst albums. I think more than anything, it was just more of a letdown. Cool title, terrible presentation. So, but this one has a cool esque, almost offensive title. Yeah, this is his second album. Um, it's called Jackknife Gypsy. So that's where that you know, slightly offensive bit comes in. So I went into this knowing almost nothing about Paul Siebel except what you talked about <laughs> last year when you reviewed Wood Smoke and Oranges. I blistered him. I, I did. Yeah. yeah, he is a folk country artist, which you know I like country, but I don't necessarily like country folk, so... I figure it could go either way, but I honestly wasn't expecting much based on your previous review. And I'm not a fan of his voice. Yeah, see? <laughs> I have to say, that is the first note that I made. Not a fan of the voice. And the music is kind of boring. It went back and forth. It was catchy in spots. And spots were kind of boring. So ultimately, it wasn't all that interesting to me. I did like the fiddle in Legend of the Captain's Daughter. So I wanted to point that out. And it turns out that that fiddle was by Doug Kershaw. He is great at fiddle. He's not so good at singing. I reviewed his album. And it was a trip. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) Not a fan of Doug Kershaw's solo work, but he is a great fiddle player. You know he's a bad singer when Paul Siebel's getting to sing for him. Well, he played good fiddle in Legend of the Captain's Daughter, though. And there is some pretty impressive personnel on here. Not just Doug Kershaw, so I did want to mention a few others. Buddy Emmons plays steel guitar on here. I think we have talked about him before, but I can't remember for sure. 
But he worked with a lot of musicians, and he is another very talented one. He's not as well-known as, um, well, dang, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. The other steel guitar player that we talk about all the time. <laughs> mm. I don't know. There's too many. We, we listen to too I, much music, guys. We really do. We do. But anyway, you know, Buddy Emmons might not be as well-known as the other guys. You're not thinking Dwayne Allman, right? right? Slide, no. slide guitar. No, but anyway, Buddy Emmons is fairly well known, and he is very talented. Also, I wanted to mention him to you because he is from Mishawaka, Indiana. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where his wife lived. Also, um, guitar on this album. One of the guitars is Clarence White, who was a very talented session musician, but also was a member of the Birds. Actually, during this time period that this album was recorded and released. So, again, pretty big name. And finally, I've mentioned him before, I know, but drums were Russ Kunkel. And he's worked with other big names. Again, a session musician, but he worked with the greats. He worked with Carol King, who we just talked about. How do you spell his last name? And <laughs> K-U-N-K-E-L. Oh, it's close. I have a friend. Whose last name is K O N, K O L. So I was like, oh, oh yeah, close, <laughs> not quite. But there are a few other people. Actually, there are several other people on the personnel list. So I'm not going to name all of them, but those are the names that might be familiar to some of you people. You people. That's right. <laughs> no, it might be familiar to some of our listeners. They were familiar to me. So back to the music, now that I've talked about the personnel. Like I said, I liked Legend of the Captain's Daughter because of the fiddle. And I do enjoy good fiddle music. I actually really like it. I also thought that Hillbilly Child, while it was kind of a terrible name, Hillbilly Child, the song yeah. wasn't bad. <laughs> that sounds like amazing. But it wasn't bad. Actually, it reminded me of Hank Williams Sr.'s style. In particular, it reminded me of Lovesick Blues. So, yeah, it really was not bad, and you would probably enjoy the song if you listened to it. I know that sounds incredible to you, being that it is a Paul Siebel song. But honestly, most of this album wasn't bad. It didn't really grab me or stick with me all that much. I didn't like the final track, I will say that. The last track was called Chips Are Down, and that one was just way too slow and draggy, but it was the worst on the album. And it wasn't bad, it just wasn't good. So, I was actually between two ratings on it. Um, Again, I was between hit or sit, because it didn't sound bad. You know, I'm not a fan of... A huge fan of his voice, but the music was really good, and none of it was actually really bad, but none of it stuck with me. But I did end up giving it a hit rating because it's fairly good for what it is. It didn't stay with me. I'm probably not going to listen to it again, so for me, it might end up just sitting on the virtual shelf, but I don't feel like I can say it needs to sit on the shelf for everyone. I think... You know, everybody, especially everyone who enjoys that kind of music, should at least listen to it and make your own determination. 
So for me, I'm going to call it a hit. I believe this is his big album. Most popular is his magnus opus, so to speak. I, I, I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. From what I, when I looked, when I had Wood Smoke and Oranges, it didn't track that favorably as much as Jackknife Gypsy, from what I could tell. So, And I will say... It was my only album of the week that was both on Spotify and had a Wikipedia page, so that was a relief to actually be able to find it and find information about it. That's why it. you gave it bonus because of that, not because it's good. Mm-hmm. I no, see. You were bright. I didn't say it was good. She can be bought <laughs> I didn't give with it ease bonus of points for that. We see this, ladies and gentlemen. The truth comes out. No. The truth comes out. It does. <laughs> Are you done speaking no. over me? <laughs> Older brothers, man. Gosh. No, it does have an impact because if you can't find it, then you're not going to enjoy listening to it. But it didn't fit into my ranking. I didn't take it into consideration. Yeah. Now I'm throwing it to you. I guess I guess we'll let the listeners out there decide on that. No. <laughs> no. Um, I really don't want to talk about the next album (laughs) uh my last album of the week not an exciting one i'm just going to go ahead and throw that out right now i'm actually a fan of the artist dion this is dion tamuchi you're not alone i don't mind dion you know he's a crooner type typically um this one though oh my goodness it was from production to presentation boring and listless and lifeless thus the three things that i can call it it's not bad music so to speak it's just boring you can tell like no energy hardly went into the production or the performance of it Uh, no song stood out i believe i mean there's a cover blackbird (laughs) <laughs> but you can't tell because it's so just and, and there might be other covers on here i don't know said it just the maybe the last track would be the only track that i'd recommend if to anyone if you want to listen it's um the song's actually attraction works better than promotion is the title so interesting title and it the it, it actually has a little bit of life in it but this is folk rock you know, already, I don't, I'm not a big fan of folk rock, but I do like some folk rock, like James Taylor and stuff like that. When done well, folk rock is great to me. This is more like like a C. <laughs> you know, James Taylor would be like an A. This is more like a C. And if this is what Dion's about, I don't care to listen to any more Dion. Because just not... Uh, this one, you know, I don't want to judge his entire body of work on this, but it says you're not alone. Well, he can be alone on this one because this one, it's a sit. It can sit alone on the shelf, on the shelf, on the virtual shelf, on whatever shelf you want to put it on. I will never go back and listen to it again. Um, I, I hated that I ended the week on it like that be, because... Tony Joe White was such a good album, to get, and it might have suffered going from that to this. This doesn't have, uh, You're Not Alone doesn't have a Wikipedia page, 
It's not very accessible. I don't believe it was on Spotify. I can't remember that one. It may be. I don't I don't remember. Like I said, it just did not impress me at all. So I was stingy with it. Oh, you were so stingy because you couldn't access it. I can't believe you. Well, no. I, I'm being honest about my biases. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, it's just nothing. It's just boring. It is boring. It's a sit. Like, I know he sat down when he, when he recorded it. <laughs> I sat down when I listened. Almost laid down. But just not... Just not one I'm going to recommend to anyone. It's definitely not Dion's best work. I am going to say that. So. But you know, that looks like that's the last album of the week. And we actually have some interesting albums next week. I'm going to go ahead and throw them out real fast, at least mine. Because like I said, this has been every other week, but it's ramping up, guys, because next week we're going to have a show. I'm going to have... The band Egg, once again. I've already had them last year. This album is The Polite Force. I keep looking at it and seeing The Police Force. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, It's prog rock, I believe. I believe that's what Egg was. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, I want so much music, guys. But I also have The Partridge Family, up to date. I really like the last Partridge Family album. But it had a lot of their big hits. Like, I think I love you. <laughs> and so I don't know if they had any more left in the chamber. Because that was their big album. So we'll see. So I, I don't know. That one could be hit or miss. And then finally, an, another artist that her last album actually was pretty good to me. The, the, when we first started this podcast, I could not stand her. And that's Barbara Streisand. This album is Stony End. So... I'm still looking forward to seeing if it's one of the a good one or one of them that I'm not, you know. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if she's going to go back to the old stuff or if she's moving more toward the future. You know, which Bob what are we going to get? So, I'm going to turn it over to you. You want to tell everyone what you've got coming up next week? All right. You know, I don't know if you guys can hear it. They are... Finally, after days, grading my road and scraping some of the snow off, so it got a little loud here. Hopefully, the microphone didn't pick all that up. But next week, I have one that I'm kind of intrigued by, but not really looking forward to. It's Loudon Wainwright III. This will be the second one of his that I've listened to. It's appropriately titled Album 2. So, just not sure about that one. But then I have Faces, so hopefully that one will be good. And that's Long Player. And I will be closing out the week with John Hammond's Source Point. And I think that's going to be Jazz. So, we'll see. It could go either way. I think Faces is going to be the best album of the week, but we'll see. Because I believe Rod Stewart was still with phases at the time maybe at least partially so you're looking at at least some pretty good music i think for next week so but if everyone else is listening along with us those are the albums that's your mission if you choose to accept it (laughs) i mean if you're snowed in like we are you have plenty of time so why not listen to music guys at least it'll help with the anxiety (laughs) 
Some of it. Not the free porn jazz. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, but I think I'm going to go ahead. It looks like it's getting late. The snow is still coming down. I hate it. But we're going to end the week like we do most weeks. I just hope everyone has a nice, safe, music-filled week. Just stay at home. <laughs> if you're in the affected areas right now and it's icy and everything, just don't risk it unless you just absolutely have to. Corona and ice, just not the, not a good one-two combo punch, guys. So, you know, just but if you have to get out, just be responsible and safe. Drive safe and be nice to people. And have a good week. <laughs>